Well, if you want to take your Bible, you can do that to turn to Colossians chapter 1. Otherwise, you can take the talk sheet or otherwise you can take the song sheet. But regardless, we want you to have God's word in front of you. Well, my name is Scott Reevely. It's my pleasure to be here and to get to be the one that gets to share with you God's word. And as you may have figured already, a couple of people have hinted at it, we're beginning a new series. This, this fall, we want to spend five Sundays reminding you of who we are as New Life Church, what our identity is. So that if you, you, know, if you are here the next five Sundays, you should have a pretty good idea how we conceive of what it is that, that God wants us to do and, and who He has made us to be. And so that's, that's how we're starting. So we decided to kick it off with an outdoor service where we're all together like this. And I, that's really why we moved the service to September 9th. Because it was earlier scheduled in August when it was 96 and smoky. I wanted to say we had the good foresight to pick the most beautiful day and uh, move off of an awful day, but we didn't. We just moved it on account of trying to get everybody together so we all get started in the same direction when it comes to our church's identity. Well, I don't know how much thought you've given to your identity. Some of you have maybe had your identity stolen and so you've given more thought to it than other people. Sixty million people have had their identity stolen in uh, America. And so you might be one of those. And if you have, you've given a lot of thought, I'm sure, to your identity, to who you are, to what it is that makes you, you. But that's what your identity is. It's what makes you unique. It's the pattern of the iris of your eye. It's your fingerprint or your thumbprint. It's your social security number and your birthday. But really, it's more than that, isn't it? Your identity isn't just what marks your identity or what, pe- what people might use to connect you to your identity. Your identity really is who you are. It's where you grew up. It's who your family was. It's your birth order. It's your early childhood experiences. It's your skills. It's your aptitude. It's all of that goes into making you, you. It's your identity that makes you unique from everyone else. Some of you might, <laughs> some of you might have a doppelganger. You know what a doppelganger is? I've always wanted to just use that word in sermon. Actually, a doppelganger is a double, somebody that looks like you. And you might have a doppelganger, but that doppelganger might share your looks, but they do not share your identity, because your identity is unique. And I'm going to submit to you that the identity of a church is similar to the identity of an individual. There is no other church like New Life Church. There are, there are church conferences, yes, that, that you know, big, successful churches put on, and they give this sort of outline that if you do it, you'll be like their church. But, you know what, those fail more often than they succeed because they ignore the fact that every church is unique. And so we want to expose a little bit of what it is 
that makes New Life Church New Life Church. And as you're thinking about identity, I also want to say that it's tempting. I mean, and some of you, some of you have perhaps even been tempted about this with respect to church. But it's tempting to look across the room and say, oh, I wish I was more like that person. Ah, if only I could, if only I could have what they have or have the background that they have or the experiences that they've experienced. If only I was like them. You know, and that's, frankly, the Bible says, if you compare yourself with one another, you're foolish. The same is true with, the same is true with church. We'll look around and say, oh, if only our church was more like that church. Well, you know what? We're not. And we need to come to grips with it, right? And just like an adolescent has to figure out who they are, so a church has to figure out who they are. And we have to become the best version of New Life Church that we can be. We're not interested in pretending to be some other kind of church, but rather to be the best version of New Life Church that we can possibly be. And so, that's what I want to talk about this morning. That's what we want to talk about this fall in this series. And so, if you were to take your song sheet, there is the text on the one side, but there's also this this, uh, figure here on the next page, which we've stolen out of our um, sort of uh, introduction booklet to New Life Church. But these are, these are the, the topics that we're going to take up this fall. That uh, our identity as a church is that we really do need the Gospel. We don't believe the Gospel is just sort of the, the price of admission into being a Christian, but the Gospel instead is the very life of the Christian. It's not just what brings you into the church, it's the very life of the church. And so, together we need to, the Gospel and we need to remind each other of that Gospel. We will engage as missionaries. That's one of the things that we understand as our identity. One of the things that really God has not allowed us not to do. So we conceive of ourselves not as a church building, not as just a singular congregation, but as people who live 24-7 as missionaries. We serve as a team. One of the things that uh, is important to us, number one, is that we serve because even Jesus tells us that He did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. And so our interest is to be like Jesus and to serve and we understand that, that, uh, that one of the things that makes New Life Church unique is that we do it as a team. And then we live life together. Part of our identity is that we uh, work so that we might annoy one another, bless one another, encourage one another, strengthen one another, build one another up, greet one another. Part of what you're hopefully going to be doing as soon as the service is over. Eating together, welcoming one another, all the kinds of one another's that are in the Scripture, living life together. And I was telling somebody this week, that is maybe the singular competitive advantage that a gospel-believing church has. Oh, 
the gospel is good news for sure, but people won't hear it or understand it or even think about it, I don't think, because they feel so much the need to be accepted and the need to belong and need to be loved. And we understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ changes us in such a way that we are uh, people who build relationships, love one another, and do life together. Now, some of that might be new to you. Some of that, those four things um, might be uh, some of you say, well, I'm not much of a missionary, or I, I don't like other people. <laughs> so, I don't do life with anyone. Fine. You might be that way. Uh, you know what? That If this is a new, uh, new statement of who you are as a church, that's okay. Because sometimes that happens. Sometimes you get this, this moment in life, this revelation that I'm supposed to be something that I wasn't yesterday. Okay, I'm just gonna say, I just have, I just have to say, I can't not say this. Okay, my wife is not here this morning. I've been doing this every week for 25 years, and I can count on one hand the Sundays that she has not attended church. But she's not here because she has a new identity and she is embracing that new identity. Okay, we, some, some of you are laughing because you know, right, that uh, we just uh, received a, a new grandson on Thursday. We're very excited uh, to welcome Keller Clement Eastep to our family. And Marsha's there with them, helping that, them embracing being a grandma. Which, by the way, to the rest of you who are grandparents, happy Grandparents Day. So I, I'm justified in talking about myself, right? Because it's Grandparents Day. But that's a new identity, okay? I need to embrace the fact that, yes, in fact, as young as I look, I'm a grandpa. And if I, if I don't embrace that, if I don't act as someone who has grandchildren, and I say, shun those children or ignore those children, that's going to be a problem, isn't it? I need to adjust my actions to reflect who I am. I need to change what I do to reflect how I understand myself to be. And that really is what we're talking about when we're talking about church identity. And even if it's new, even if it is an adjustment for you like it's an adjustment for Marcia this morning, you may need to change the way that you do things because of who you are in Christ. I want to say one other, um, one other introductory thing. And that is simply that Identities can be stolen, though I'm not that concerned that someone's going to steal the identity of our church. But identities can be ignored. Sorry about the wind here. I don't know if I should just sort of whisper. I shouldn't do that. (laughs) Okay. But identities can be ignored. They can be faked. You can try and be something you're not. You can pretend And we're not really talking about trying to pretend or trying to be something you're not. We're trying to rather say, stop pretending and become who God has made you to be in Christ. Who God has made all of us to be together in Christ. And let's not ignore our 
identity. Let's not pretend that we are somebody else. And so, uh, the, the graphic that's there in that song sheet has at the center of it the light. And as you know, New Life Church exists to uh, engage those who are disconnected from God so they delight in Him through Jesus. We really are serious about uh, pursuing happiness in Jesus for ourselves and others. We really think the, the, the way to be the happiest in this world is to be rightly related with God and to stay there and to help one another stay there and to pursue other people and help them stay there. And so, at the core of this, and really the, the thrust of what I hope this introduction to the series will do, is to remind you that we do all of this because we believe if we do, we'll be happier than if we don't do these things. We believe that our, the satisfaction of our heart, our del, the deep down delight that we have in being fully human will be best expressed when we're rightly related to God than it will be if we're uh, pretending or doing something else. And so, I understand, and I want you to understand, that we could pull the identity of our church from a lot of... There we go. How about if I do this? It's not windy. That way. Sorry. That would be rather awkward, wouldn't it? Hopefully, hopefully the crackling's better than that. But we could pull we could pull our identity as a church from from many many places in the scripture. And as a staff, what we've decided to do is to limit ourselves to the little book of Colossians to say let's let's pull out from Colossians text that will remind our church of who we are. And so we're going to begin in the book of Colossians. And I want to begin this morning where the book of Colossians begins. In chapter 1, right? Because the, the, the church at Colossae had identity problems. They themselves had identity problems. People were coming along telling them they needed to be a little more, uh, a little smarter, a little more uh, enlightened. That somehow they were missing out on the best things God had for them. And what... But Paul writes this letter to say, no, who you are in Jesus is the most important thing about you. Don't try and be something else. You don't need to listen to these other voices. You need to be who God made you to be. And so he starts in chapter 1, and he begins talking to this church about who they are with prayer. So if you don't learn, if you don't get it, if you like tune out from here forward, right, I just want you to get this. That the beginning of who we are must begin with prayer because we can't become who we are in our own power. Otherwise, we're just like everybody else. Because that's all they've got. What we have that other people don't have is that we have a relationship with God. We have been rescued by His uh, Son, transferred into His kingdom, empowered by His Spirit. And so, we're expecting something supernatural to happen in and through our church because... God does it. And when God does th- something, He does it in part in response to prayer. And so this, this prayer begins the letter uh, that speaks to their identity. And so, I want to read this to you. And I want you to recognize 
that if this happened for you, if this happened for me, if this happened for us together, we would be the best version of ourselves. We would be uh, thriving as a church. That what it means to be a follower of Jesus would be expressed in our lives 24-7. So let's read the text here. And so from the day we heard, beginning of verse 9, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience, with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so, this text begins with prayer. And I just want to commend that to you as a way to live out who you are in Christ. So if you have a if you have a hard time believing the gospel, pray about it. If you're afraid to engage as a missionary, pray about it. If you're unsure if you um, if you're unsure if you want to live life with other people and don't like them, pray about it. Yeah, this is really the place to start. And so this prayer is is a beautiful prayer. And I would love for you to pray this for me. I'd love for you to pray it for one another. But it begins by saying, to be filled with the knowledge. This is like the first request. To be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. His first prayer request is that you might fully know what you need to know about God the Father and about His Son Jesus. So that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and understand spiritual understanding. And I do think that what he's talking about here is not that you might be uh, filled with the knowledge of his, his will so that you're thinking, hmm, I wonder what college I should go to. Or, hmm, I wonder what neighborhood I should live in or what car I should buy. That's not the knowledge of His will it's talking about. I think you might have the knowledge of His will. The knowledge of His will is what He is doing in this world through Jesus. And He wants you to fully know that. He wants you to appreciate all that God is doing by the life, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And that becomes clear as you read on here in Colossians 1 that that's really his topic. So he doesn't want you to be ignorant of what God has done to Jesus. So it's interesting to me that the starting point for him is knowledge. The starting place is that you get spiritual wisdom and understanding so that what you have is not some blind faith. Some unknowing attempt to do what God wants you to do. What you have instead is knowledge about who God is and what God is doing 
through Jesus. And from there, your identity will blossom. From there, you will become who you want to be. I mean, look at the next thing. I mean, the next thing says that he says that you might be filled with all the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. The point of this knowledge is that you will live a different way in a way that that recognizes and honors and is worthy of what God is doing in the world and in your life so that you will please Him. For some of you, for some of you, this needs to register one of two ways. For all of you, it needs to register one of two ways. It either needs to register with you to say, you know what? I don't know what I need to know to really follow Jesus. I need to find out more about Him. And so, the best way to do that, the best place to do that, is in His Word. And if I want to encourage you to get in His Word on your own, read it, come, come to church regularly, uh, join a life group. Uh, we're starting an, an Alpha course soon. If you're uh, wanting really to kind of get oriented, that's a great, that'll be a great place uh, to pay attention. But some of you need to know more than you know about what God is doing in Christ in order to live out who He's making you to be. On the other hand, some of you have that dialed in. Some of you know way more. <laughs> you know way more than you act on, right? You know plenty. In a in in Christian jeopardy, you would win. But guess what? That's not the point of it, is it? The point. The point of knowing what God is doing in Christ, to be filled with the knowledge of His will, what He's doing in Christ, with all wisdom and spiritual understanding, is so that you might walk worthy of the Lord. So that you might live in a way that pleases Him. So that you, that you take action. So I really do want you not to miss this. As we go through this these next few weeks and we talk about our identity and we talk about, you know, uh, needing the gospel or living life together, or serving or being a missionary. The point of it is not so that you know a little more. The point of it's not so that you even have new ideas that you didn't have before you came to church. The point of it is that you live differently. You walk differently. That The walk in life that you have, you might say we all come from different walks of life, and we want all of those walks of life to be pleasing to the Lord. That's really what we're after. And it, so it's a change not in so much ideas, but in action. Granted, the, the ideas precede the action here. That you might be filled with all knowledge so that you might walk. Those two things. That's His prayer. And you know what? They're a prayer. Because you can't do that on your own. You can't just say... I'm going to try a little harder. I'm going to be worthy of the Lord today. I know, I know I've got a string of 21,000 days where I have not been worthy of the Lord. But today's going to be the day. <laughs> no. Okay, let's, let's not kid ourselves here. 
This is a prayer. We're asking that the Lord would fill us with the knowledge of His will. We're asking the Lord to help us walk worthy of the Lord. In fact, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, the prayer says, because a lot of these books in the New Testament start with prayer, it says, to this end we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of His calling. That's what we're praying for. God, make me worthy of the calling. Let me live in a way that's worthy of the calling. There are four ways that all kind of point to these identities we'll highlight in the next few weeks that are here in this text. And there are four ways that you live a life worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. And they come right out of here. It says that you might walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. Here's the first one. Bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit in every good work. What's a life fully pleasing to the Lord? One that bears fruit in every good work. So you're looking around saying, how can I do good here? What is the right thing to do? What is the the right thing to do right now? You're looking at somebody else, maybe even over lunch here later today. You're saying, what good work can I do? And for some of you, it might be helping to pick up or stacking the chairs. But for more of you, I hope, It's looking across and seeing someone you don't know. Maybe someone who needs you to come up and say hi to them. And don't be the person who waits for that. Be the person that goes to say hi. But you're doing something that's good. That's the first thing. Bearing fruit. The second thing is increasing in the knowledge of God. We've already talked about that. It must be important for it to show up again, right? That our increase. And so, even if you're that person that I mentioned earlier who knows way too much for your own good, there's still room to increase. Because what we're, what we're delighting ourselves in, what we're happy to be part of, is we are happy to be related to an infinite God of whom we will spend all eternity recognizing His beauty and perfection. So, why don't you begin increasing in that knowledge right now? Increasing, so, bearing fruit, increasing in knowledge, being strengthened. Being strengthened is the third. Uh, and, it, and it's a little bit hard. That really is the same form as bearing, increasing, strengthening with all power according to His glorious might. Now, there's, there's something serious going on here when He just says... You know, strength and strength and power might. It's as though he doesn't have any more words that are strong to say, I'm just praying that you will be a strong person in Christ. So you will be strengthened internally. It doesn't say what for. Well, it does say what for. It doesn't say what context. So, so you might be strengthened uh, according to, with all power, according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience. For all endurance and patience. <clears throat> well, that's fine, right? Except that I want it right now. I want to be strong today. I want to be successful today. And you know what? He's saying we are signing up. Part of our identity is that we are signing up for a long-term thing. And what's long-term about it? Guess what? You might say, alright, part of my identity, I need to live life together. I'm going to start. I'm going to, I'm going to join a life group. 
in a, in a couple of weeks when it comes to life group fair time. I'm going to join a life group. Great. Guess what? You're not going to like it. Do you know how I know that? Because there are going to be other people there. And they're going to, they're going to rub you the wrong way. And so you need to be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with those people. And the same thing with serving. You're going to get tired of it. And you're going to be burned out. And you're going to be wish that somebody else would come along and help you. Yeah, you're going to need endurance and power and might. And the same thing with, with believing the Gospel. And the same thing, and the same thing with... Um, what, what am I forgetting? Being a missionary. You're going to get tired of it. You're not going to be very good at it on your first try. And that's okay. Because part of the life that's pleasing to the Lord is one that is full of endurance and patience so that you get stronger in the process. And then, the fourth way that this life is pleasing to God is giving thanks to the Father with joy. Now, you notice what I did there, right? I changed the order of the words so that, so that it would look and make it as clear as possible that it's bearing, increasing, strengthening, and giving thanks. Those are the four things. And the giving thanks, I, 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 the commas, by the way, this, as you read your Bible, the commas in your Bible are not original. Paul didn't write this. In, you know, like I dictate on my phone sometimes. And I'll say... Um, I might have said, okay, for all endurance and patience with joy, comma. Paul didn't dictate this on his phone and put the comma there. Okay, he wrote the whole thing without punctuation. The commas were put in later, and I think they were put in the wrong spot. I think that the with joy goes with giving thanks to the Father, which is no surprise, right? The climax here of this prayer, the climax of the prayer is that you might be thankful and joyful. That you might have delight in who you are. That you might enjoy being loved by God through Jesus. In fact, that's exactly what he says. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints and life. That's what we're saying in our church's mission statement when we want you to delight in God through Jesus. He's qualified you to be in, to share in the inheritance of the saints and life. And that's the joy and the delight that we want everyone to experience. And so we pray that way because it is the joyful life that is worthy of the Lord. It's the joyful life that is pleasing to Him. And so, yeah, it comes with frustration, so we need endurance and patience. And we need His strength and we need more knowledge of God. What God's doing, we need to be fruitful in every good work. But it is because we ultimately are going to delight ourselves in who God is and what He has done for us in Christ. In fact, that is where this ends up, isn't it? There is this delight that's at the center that, that really He just can't escape as He talks about what it is that God is doing. But then He said He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's where the joy comes from. And then He breaks out. He just 
See, so when we're talking about needing the gospel, we need this good news that we have the forgiveness of sins. We need this good news that we have been uh, bought by Christ. That's what redemption means. That we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness and death into the kingdom of life and His Son. We need that. That's the good news. We need it to know that we were previously unqualified to inherit all that God has for us, but He has made us qualified. And that His qualification sticks because He qualified us in Christ. That's what it says here. Because this has happened in His beloved Son, verse 13. And then you just look at the rest. And it just explodes with a joyful recognition of who Christ is. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, that in everything He might be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace, by the blood of His cross. See, the good news, the good news is that God has connected you to Himself through this Jesus. And it is good news that Jesus is as excellent as Jesus is. Because He's the one that qualified us. If, if you qualified yourself and you failed to be excellent anymore, that would be a problem. But He has qualified you because Jesus is excellent. And that isn't going to change. And so we rejoice in this news that what God has done for us has been done through such an amazing Savior. And it should be no surprise then that our identity is rooted in who Jesus is. That's what he's talking about here. If Jesus was less than God, if He was less than, then our identity would be less than. I told you that it could be spelled out from other places besides Colossians, but let me just say, it was Jesus who told us to be missionaries. He said, go and make disciples. It was Jesus who taught us to serve as a team. He said, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. We live life together because it was Jesus who said, by this will everyone know that you're my disciples, that you have love for one another. We need the Gospel. We need this good news. We need Jesus. Because Jesus Himself said, apart from Me, you can do nothing. And so it's really important that we pray and that we live out our identity who we are in Christ. Now, I, I, want to, I want to close by reminding you that this is really an important conversation for us to have as a church because we are on the threshold, really, of, I think, an amazing season in the life of New Life Church. I think God is doing some things that are beyond what I could ask or imagine 
for us. Um, we have some opportunities that are coming up that if we're this, if we're missionaries, if we're living life together, if we're serving as a team, if we're needing the Gospel day in and day out and reminding ourselves of it, then we will be poised to take advantage of the opportunities God is bringing our way. I'm just going to tease you with that and remind you, I mean, you know that we're in the process of selling the uh, buildings at Robinwood. And um, our intent is to invest those, uh, invest that money from the sale in doing what God, we believe God has called us to do, which is to, to, to plant new churches. And there are a couple things on the horizon that are really too early for me to tell you about, but that I might even know by the end of the month. And so, uh, we have a family forum set on the church calendar in West Lynn on uh, Sunday the 30th after church, and one here after the shared meal on October 7th, because God is doing some things in us and through us and for us that um, I've not seen before. And... I think the church that will be able to act on these opportunities is one that lives out its identity in Christ. New Life Church, as we become this kind of a church, I think that we will be ready and we will have opportunity to step out in faith in ways that are so encouraging and that we can be so thankful for And so I just want to encourage you that really what faith is, faith is deciding that your identity is in Christ, not in a bunch of other things. And so this morning, I want to call you to who you are. I want to call you to what God is making you as a church to be so that you might be enabled, given power, so you might have endurance and patience to bear fruit in all in every good work that God Himself is doing in and through you. And so, I trust that you will take these next few weeks seriously. I hope and pray that you will need the Gospel. You'll recognize your need for it. You'll put yourself in places that you can't live without it. So that you recognize that's who you are. That you'll find some other people to live life together with. Some people hopefully that you like. Some people that you may not like. But that you're disciplined to be together with so that the struggle makes you more like Jesus. So that you are missionaries and you engage the people outside. I'm so excited about what God has done through New Life Church this summer. We've had more people at New Life Church throw parties for their neighbors and engage their neighbors and just be good neighbors than we've ever had before. And there is all kinds of opportunity that God is bringing to New Life Church because of this identity. I trust that you'll find places to serve and if you're serving by yourself, you'll invite somebody to serve with you. Serve as a team. So that we might grow in the knowledge of Him in all wisdom and understanding, and we might live the life worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. So this life that we live together experience
experiences all that God is for us in Christ and that we might do it with joy. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, we are humbled. We are humbled that You have qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. We are humbled that we didn't have the good sense to transfer ourselves. We didn't have the ability to transfer ourselves from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of Your dear Son. That all there's nothing we can do to include ourselves in the promises of the Gospel. So, Father, we're humbled. We want, to, we want to publicly affirm that we believe that to be true, that we believe the good news that You have done this for us in Christ. And then, Father, we just want to stop and we just want to enjoy that. We want to delight ourselves in You. We want to be happy. We want to give thanks to You with joy as part of the life that we lead that is worthy of You and fully pleasing. God, would You make us that kind of church? Would You propel us forward in these next few months that we might um, have joy, but that we might have it in being the kind of church that pleases You and is worthy of our Savior. In whose name we pray. Amen.